If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I am Adam, a Navy SEAL, but I ain't your ordinary soldier. 
I am part of a top-secret government agency tasked with investigating cryptids and paranormal stuff. The things I have seen, most folks wouldn't believe. But this one time in Iraq, something happened that even left me shaking in my boots. We were deployed in the desert, and I was out on patrol when I saw something mighty peculiar. It looked like a human, but big and hairy, like a Bigfoot or something, only with fur the same color as the sand. This thing was just crossing the desert like it was strolling through a park. Now, I ain't one to get spooked easy, so I took aim with my sniper rifle and fired. That creature dropped like a sack of potatoes. I didn't tell my squad what I'd done. I just went to check on the body by myself. But when I got there, there was nothing. No body, no blood, nothing at all. I was standing there, scratching my head when I heard the most terrifying howl echoing through the desert that sent shivers down my spine, and I swear I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I looked up at the sand hill, and there it was, the creature, staring me down like I was dinner. It growled something fierce, then backed away slowly. I ain't never been so rattled in my life, so I retreated back to my squat. My buddies saw me coming and knew something was up. They asked me what had happened, but I couldn't find the words to explain it. I just stood there silent, trying to make sense of what I'd seen. Even now, I still ain't sure what that creature was, but I know one thing for certain. There are things out there that we can't explain, and sometimes it's best to just let them be. Remember the day it all started like it was yesterday. I was on a routine patrol through the thick forested area of the National Park when I came across a group of teenagers. They looked pale and scared, huddled together in a clearing. I approached them, asking if they were okay. They told me that they had seen something, something they couldn't explain. At first, I thought it was just a case of teenage imagination running wild, but then they began to describe the creature they had seen. It was unlike anything they had ever encountered before, they said. It was huge, with long, razor-sharp teeth and glowing red eyes. Its skin was black as coal, and it had wings like a bat. They told me that it had chased them through the woods, and they had only narrowly escaped with their lives. I was skeptical at first, but something in the way they described it made me feel uneasy. I decided to investigate their claims and set out into the woods, following the direction they had come from. The further I went, the more I began to feel that something was watching me. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up and my heart was racing. As I entered a small clearing, I saw something move out of the corner of my eye. I turned to face it, but there was nothing there. I dismissed it as my imagination playing tricks on me and continued on my way. But then I heard a sound, a low growl that sent chills down my spine. I stopped in my tracks, looking around for the source of the noise. That's when I saw it. The creature was real, and it was far more terrifying than the teenagers had described. It was massive, easily ten feet tall, with wings that spanned twice that distance. Its skin was indeed black as coal, and its eyes glowed with a sinister red light. Its teeth were long and sharp, and it let out a bone-chilling roar that echoed through the forest. I froze in terror, unsure of what to do. But then it began to move towards me, and I knew that I had to act fast. 
I pulled out my rifle, aiming it at the creature, but it was no use. The bullet seemed to bounce off its skin, doing little more than irritating it. It let out another roar, and I knew that I had to run. I turned and sprinted through the woods, trying to put as much distance between myself and the creature as possible. But it was faster than I had anticipated, and it was gaining on me. I could feel its hot breath on the back of my neck, and I knew that I was running out of time. Just as I thought all hope was lost, I saw a small cabin up ahead. I ran towards it, praying that I would make it inside before the creature caught up to me. I threw open the door, slamming it shut behind me, and leaned against it, gasping for air. For a moment, I thought I had escaped, but then I heard the creature outside, scratching at the door. I could feel the wood splintering under its massive claws. I knew that it was only a matter of time before it broke through. I was trapped, with no way out. The creature was closing in on me, and I knew that this was it. I braced myself for the worst, but then, just as suddenly as it had appeared, the creature was gone. I waited for what felt like hours, my heart racing, unsure if the creature was really gone or if it was just biding its time. Eventually I mustered up the courage to leave the cabin and make my way back to the park headquarters. I told my colleagues what had happened, but they didn't believe me. They thought that I had just imagined it, that I was making it up to scare them. But I knew what I had seen and I couldn't shake the feeling that the creature was still out there waiting for its next victim. Days turned into weeks, and I continued to patrol the park, always on the lookout for any sign of the creature. But there was nothing. It was as if it had vanished into thin air. I began to think that maybe I had imagined the whole thing, that it had just been a trick of the mind. But then, one night, I heard something outside my cabin. It was a low growl, just like the one the creature had made. My heart skipped a beat as I realized that it was back. I grabbed my rifle and cautiously made my way outside, scanning the darkness for any sign of movement. That's when I saw it. The creature was there lurking in the shadows. It was even bigger than I remembered, and its eyes seemed to glow with an otherworldly light. I aimed my rifle at it, but I knew that it was no use. I had tried that before and it had done nothing. I backed away slowly trying to put as much distance between us as possible. But then, the creature started to move towards me and I knew that I was in trouble. I turned and ran as fast as I could, but I could hear its wings flapping behind me, getting closer and closer and closer. I ran until I couldn't run anymore, collapsing in a heap on the forest floor. The creature was standing over me, its eyes fixed on me. I knew that this was it, that I was going to die. But then, just as suddenly as it had appeared, it was gone. I don't know what happened to the creature, whether it was some kind of supernatural being or just a freak of nature. All I know is that it was real and that it was the most terrifying thing I have ever encountered. I still patrol the park, but now I do it with a sense of unease, always looking over my shoulder, wondering if the creature will come back. And if it does, I don't know if I'll be able to survive it a second time. I had a similar encounter several years ago. I'm curious as to what you think. The date was Thursday, September 8, 2016. I was on a trip from northwest Pennsylvania to visit a friend in North Carolina. 
I'd been driving for about five and a half hours when I left Route 64 and drove on to Airport Road and came down to a little town called Beaver, West Virginia. I stopped at the KFC to grab something to eat. When leaving, I made a ride out of the parking lot onto Route 19. I was driving slowly as I hadn't picked up speed from pulling out yet. Because I was driving slowly, I'm sure I never would have noticed this. I was approaching some leaves spread across the road when I noticed the leaves were moving, but there was no wind blowing. I slowed down, thinking there may be an animal in the leaves, and I didn't want to hit it. I was looking really hard because I could see the leaves moving, but I didn't see an animal. I could make out a small bipedal figure about seven or eight inches tall that seemed to be trying to hide in the leaves. As it tried to get across the road, it looked as if I could see a line of each part of the creature, but it seemed to be cloaked. Kind of like what a chameleon does, but not quite the same. It moved with a ratchet-type movement, rather jerky. I don't know if that was its normal gait, or if it was injured. I was driving in a crawl by this time, because what I was observing was so bizarre, and I was trying to make out what it was I was thinking. What in the world is this thing? It almost looked like a frail stick figure as I could only make out some of it. I thought maybe it was an emaciated squirrel, but they don't walk on two feet, and if it was, that skinny would be dead, not jerking across the road. It was not a featherless bird, either. It had reached the center line and was attempting to cross the rest of the road when a pickup from the other side came speeding along and just missed it with its driver's side tires and I saw the leaves being thrown. I don't know if it made it or not, as cars behind me were honking at me to keep moving. I thought about turning around to see if I could find it, because that is what I would do for an animal. But this was not an animal that I had ever heard about or, or had seen before. The more I thought about it, I realized that it may have been cloaked and was picking up the color of the leaves to disguise itself. It reminded me of the cloaked alien in the movie Predator. I could see it. But I couldn't make out exactly what it was. As I tried to rationalize this in my head, I thought maybe it was a reptile or a lizard of some kind. Like a chameleon that can turn different colors to hunt. An octopus can do the same thing, and maybe we have just never seen them know that they are there. When I arrived at my friend's house that night, I told her about it. She never doubted me as I am not prone to making up stories. I'm a very rational person. But I still wonder what that thing was, and if these predator-like entities exist all around us. This story is from my girlfriend's perspective, and she still to this day has no idea what she encountered. So to begin, this story happened back in 2018. I arrived in this small rural town near Cape May, the company I was working for at the time was sending me out to go door-to-door-door -door -door, advertising cable and Wi-Fi that they wanted me to sell. I was getting weird vibes all throughout the day, as the town itself was very small and a bit creepy with people staring at me or giving me the cold shoulder for the entire day. It seemed like a lot of the townsfolk that I encountered that day were on edge, and it was a weird, tense atmosphere that I shrugged off. As people are weird all the time. I continued doing my job chugging a Red Bull to keep me going, which didn't affect me at all, surprisingly. Besides the weird atmosphere, the scenery was actually quite pretty once you got off of the main road. 
They had to stop at different streets, and some were in the woods on long and seemingly beautiful endless roads. It was quite scenic. Just before sunset, I was scheduled to visit a few houses on a small peninsula. To get to this peninsula, you had to go down a very long road, past the summer camp area, past the trailer park, past the woods, and then you finally find yourself in a small open area with a bay marsh. A couple small expensive houses, and shore access. The houses were so close to the water it seemed to be a code violation, but I'm sure they were built to withstand storms since they looked so expensive. Every house had its own name and the area was mostly deserted. Only one house had someone inside whom I had talked to after knocking on his door. I was so distracted looking at the houses and scenery that I didn't notice how fast sunset was approaching. I came to the realization that I should start heading back to avoid being alone on that long, deserted pathway in the woods. As a smaller female, I'm never comfortable after dark in isolated places, especially without cell service. I was making my way down the path, so far so good, as it wasn't completely dark yet. As I approached the wooded area of the road, I was walking a bit faster since there were no street lights and the sunlight was rapidly disappearing. As I walked at a decently fast pace, I noticed something. The woods were eerily quiet. All the life that I was hearing before was gone. No crickets, no birds, just pure silence. I stopped in my tracks and got chills down my spine as I felt the feeling that I was being watched. I looked around the dark woods for any sudden movements and then, like clockwork, something up ahead made its way out of the tree line. It looked to be some type of large animal. My brain went into overdrive analyzing whatever this animal was. Was it a bear? A dog? No. It looked like a large dog. But dogs don't get this big. Though I was intimidated by its large size, whatever it was hadn't noticed me. Even though I was scared, I also didn't want to walk back and go into that one man's house. As a woman, I would rather take my chances with a wild animal than be alone with a man I don't know in a deserted holiday neighborhood. Suddenly, as I was thinking this, the large animal in the distance had finally noticed my presence. It was observing me, not entirely sure of what to do with me. There wasn't enough light anymore for me to see the animal's face, but I felt unusually frightened. Whatever I was looking at was definitely too big to be a black bear. With a shoulder height of at least five feet on all fours, which is comparable in size to a brown bear. The mass on this creature was extensive, as the outline of what I could see looked like a wolf on steroids. It was very muscular. I also noticed that the outline of its face was very similar to that of a German shepherd or a wolf, as it had perked ears and a long snap. In the heat of the moment, I could only hear the sound of my heart palpitating as fear and adrenaline started to crawl its way into my bloodstream. It felt as if time stood still, and then it dawned on me. What I was looking at wasn't a normal animal, and it was simply too big to be any animal that I could recognize from New Jersey's catalog of fauna. And if it wanted to attack me, I would be powerless against it. It was simply too big, though to calm myself down, I threw the idea that this creature was out of the ordinary out because I felt like this could be rationalized somehow. I made my brain go back to the idea of this being maybe being a large dog or coyote. 
I also did not believe in cryptids and was completely unaware of what size coyotes are supposed to be, so I made a quick decision. Realizing that this could very well be a life-or-death situation, I came to the conclusion that this very large, dog-like creature was probably a skittish coyote that I could scare off, at least temporarily, to calm down my nerves. What other choice did I have? The longer I kept standing there, the more aggressive I might come across to this animal, and I didn't want it to get territorial or get the idea that I was easy prey. So, I decided I would make the most hideous, loud, confusing, and startling scream or howl I could muster and just sprint the rest of the way. After I screeched this hideous sound out of my body as hard as I could, the animal quickly changed its body language to defensive but then quickly changed its mind, deciding I wasn't worth a fight as it ran a decent distance into the woods. Not too far, though. I decided to sprint as fast as I could past that area and beyond. I sprinted until I reached the end of the road and noticed there was a summer camp area with streetlights near me. I rested on top of a table there, out of breath and feeling my heart pound out of my chest. However, I was still very shaken up and still felt like I was being watched. I kept my eyes on the tree line. My eyes were darting around looking for any sign this animal was still there. Once I felt like the coast was clear, I located the next house I was scheduled to visit, and I quickly made my way over. I met a nice family who ended up buying cable from me, and I told them what had happened to me that night and how I was treated by the locals. The lady of the family, who I presumed to be the mother, said I don't know why they sent you out here alone. These woods are dangerous after dark, and there are creepy people who live around here. The impression she was giving me was that there were animal encounters she couldn't explain, and that there were lots of ex-convicts in the area, and people who should have been arrested but haven't been. She was equally concerned about the people as she was the animals around this place. This gave me goosebumps. How many times today could my life have been taken? They were extremely concerned for my safety and told me to contact my team leader so I could get picked up. They said they didn't want me to go outside again and that I should call it quits for the night and not make it to any other houses. Till this day, I still have no idea what creature I had encountered. There are strange things in the woods, things people don't speak about or cover up. I felt like the townsfolk of that town knew something about what I encountered. So, weird creature I encountered in those woods. Let's never meet again. Years ago, I moved from a very small town to a remote valley out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by national forest and not many neighbors. It was just what I had always wanted. At that point in my life, I had been a paramedic for about four or five years, and being an outdoorsy, civic-minded sort, I decided to volunteer my services with a local search and rescue organization. For being such a tiny, poorly funded organization, we were surprisingly busy. In the nine years I was with them, we'd have at least one rescue, sometimes several, every weekend spring through fall. The source of the majority of these calls was the roughly 100 miles of poorly maintained fire trails that were very popular with dirt bike and quad riders. When they'd inevitably get lost or wreck and get injured, we'd head out, track them down, 
provide medical care, and fly them out on a helicopter or put them on a Stokes basket mounted to a janky ass trailer thing we'd pull with a quad. About two weeks after joining and with zero training beyond what I had learned as a Boy Scout and medic, I got my first call. A group of dirt bikers from the city had lost a member of their party. For some reason, they had put their least experienced rider at the back of the group of a dozen or so riders and took off into the woods. When they returned to the trailhead four hours later, the inexperienced guy was missing. They set out again and looked for him for four or five hours, then gave up and called 911. The time interval from the initial 911 call until we had a squad assembled at the trailhead was pretty impressive. No more than 20 minutes, but we were already eight or nine hours behind the ball. We did a very quick briefing, distributed maps, divided into teams, then set off. They put me on a quad with the most experienced guy, and we headed out. The plan was for each two- to three-person team to take one of the longer trails that ringed the place. Then, after searching those, we'd systematically work out way into the shorter, maze-like trails that made up the interior. This was to be a hasty search. None of that grid search crap. Just riding around looking for clues. I don't know what I had expected exactly. Maybe a few dirt roads through the woods or something, but these trails were an absolute nightmare. They were extremely rugged technical trails where you really had to know what the F.E.U. were doing and where you were going, or you'd never make it out. GPS rarely worked due to the rugged terrain and tree cover. Radios and cell phones were a crapshoot, and the maps didn't account for all the random trails riders would just sort of make. The only marked roads were fire breaks, and mileage-wise, those accounted for maybe 10% of the trails. Why this guy hadn't been partnered with someone or put at the front of the group is a mystery. Four hours into this, I'm caked with mud, bleeding from being hit with branches, exhausted, and just done. We take a water break and hear broken radio traffic that sounds like the bike has been found, but no rider. It's only a couple of miles from us, so we head that direction. When we get there, the bike is off to the side of the road, along with the quads of the other teams, but we can see them a few hundred feet in the woods. We walk over and find them looking down at the missing person, who is very dead. Lips, blue, skin, dusky, arms spread out like a cross. On first glance, his eyes looked to be wide open and solid white, but when I examined him, I could see that his eyes were actually covered with fly eggs. Dude had been dead a while. It didn't make sense, though. His bike still had gas in it. He had water and food, and he was a healthy guy in his late twenties. Why was he dead? It looked like he had simply laid his bike down, then ran into the woods to die. Mission accomplished, I guess. We wrapped him in blankets, then put him on the stokes and took him to the trailhead where the coroner was waiting. About a week later, I ran into the coroner and asked what the cause of death had been. The pathologist's determination was cardiac dysthymia secondary to extreme anxiety. The guy literally died of fright, which up to that point I had always assumed was Hollywood B.S. I've always wondered what was going through his head. Was he just afraid of the woods? Or of being lost? If so, why did he run blindly into the woods instead of continuing to follow the trail? There's a part of me that thinks he may have seen something out there. 
I've heard a lot of stories about weird crap in these woods, and I've seen a few strange things myself, so it wouldn't surprise me. Hey folks, it took me some time, but I think I'm finally ready to share my encounter with you now. It happened in western Germany, and what I'm about to share is the genuine truth. It all started with a horrible animal screaming sound outside my house at night, which I already compared to all wildlife animal sound records from zoology institutes, but nothing comes close to it. It kind of sounded like a woman screaming in agony, but then again, even worse. It felt like I could feel the sound's vibration in my veins. It's hard to describe. It was really scary. I live in a tiny house next to forests, mountains. It was a dark October night and I laid in my bed, which is in a sleeping corner, right in front of the window, which is always half opened and above me is just a flat roof. Garden all around the house. At first I heard one animal a creature scream. Then there seemed to be two of them. They sounded very close and wouldn't stop screaming for minutes. The next thing I heard was something heavy running through the garden under my bed window followed by heavy branches breaking at the height of my level, sulking floor. I also heard a loud rush of air or wind combined to that. In the next second, this animal-slash-creature jumped on my roof. So in that moment, it was right above me, Kate. Two, three meters. And that was the moment when things started to get messy and very confusing to me, until this day. First, I want to point out that this animal-creature sounded so heavy when it landed. Not only animal species that big around here. It sounded massive and therefore surreal. Also the quickness of its movement seemed surreal. After that jump it started to run on my roof. From one side to the other. It first sounded like it was something extremely heavy on two legs. But that suddenly changed to what sounded like something extremely heavy on four paws. I remember sitting straight up in bed right under it with an intense pulse, and my mind just trying to process what I'm hearing. What kind of creature that is? That was also the turning point when I seriously felt threatened. Since I'm a girl living alone in a tiny house and didn't really have any protection to fight something massive like this off just knives or pepper spray, which quite sure would have been useless, so I decided to do something stupid, I guess. I thought maybe I could shock it or scare it away, so I hit against my bed window with my flat hand, as hard and loud as I could. What happened next messes with me until today. Not even one second passed after I hit the glass, when this creature hit it right back from outside. So, it must have been sitting right above me in that moment, and reached down to my window, and it reacted so quickly it was surreal. The sound of what touched my window glass sounded like a mix between big claws and feathers. This reaction and the way it sounded put me in kind of a shock, I guess. I realized I'm quite screwed in that moment, because whatever it was, it was very intelligent, huge, and wouldn't back off. That's how it felt to me. As if it would say, you have no power here. I'm always one step further. No, you're lame. Basically, I just froze then. On my bed, my back at the wall, and all I could do was staring at where it hit the window glass. I was too scared too close it. 
I was too scared to breathe even. Then it suddenly just left my roof, which sounded again like a massive weight would jump off in the air. I never shared this encounter before because I felt pretty alone with it. Until last night when I went on Reddit to look for someone from Germany who experienced something familiar and I was lucky. His post is today, 24 days ago. He and his hunting buddy heard the same screaming sounds from a cow's field. Then they were chased for a short time by something but couldn't see it. Reading about his encounter made me want to step forward with mine as well. Since there are quiet, some confusing aspects or details to my encounter, it's a bit hard to find someone with a similar experience. So I genuinely hope that this post reaches someone who can relate and who'd be open to share his hair experience as well. If you'd like to know more about my encounter, please feel free to ask everything you like, of course. I live near some kind of a large forest, and I used to go on long bike rides alone at night there, just to have a moment for myself. The combination of absolute quietness and darkness is really unsettling, especially because even the slightest noise stands out. I took a different trail one time, and a few kilometers later there was a fallen tree blocking the path. I lifted my bike over it and kept going. A while later I heard wood cracking and saw not far off from the trail a tree falling. Nope, the F. Out of there. I always wanted to explore the Native American culture and traditions. That's why I booked a tour to visit a reservation. Little did I know that it would turn out to be the scariest experience of my life. It was a sunny day when we arrived at the reservation. Our tour guide, a friendly Native American man, took us on a tour around the place. He told us about their traditions and showed us some of the ancient artifacts and burial sites. As we were walking around, one of the tourists accidentally kicked a small rock near one of the burial sites. Suddenly we heard a loud growl coming from the site. The guide's expression changed and he told us to quickly leave the area. We were all confused and scared, but we followed his orders. As we were walking back, I could hear something following us, something that sounded like it was growling and snarling. We finally reached our campsite, and the guide told us to stay in our tents and not to leave until morning. He said that we had disturbed an ancient burial site and awakened a vengeful spirit known as the Wendigo. I could feel the fear slowly creeping up my spine. That night, we could hear strange noises coming from outside our tents. The growling sound was getting louder, and we could hear branches snapping and leaves rustling. Suddenly, we heard a blood-curdling scream. I could feel my heart racing, and I knew that something was very wrong. I peeked out of my tent and saw a huge figure standing near the entrance. It was a creature that looked like a human, but with long arms and legs, and its eyes were glowing red. I knew then that it was the Wendigo, and, and it was coming for us. We tried to call for help but there was no signal on our phones. We were trapped with no way out. The Wendigo started to attack our tents, ripping them apart with its long arms. I could hear my fellow tourists screaming in terror. Suddenly, a Native American man appeared, carrying a burning torch. He shouted something in his language, and the Wendigo turned to face him. The man walked towards the creature, holding the torch high, holding the torch high. 
The creature backed away, growling and snarling. The man kept walking, and the creature finally vanished into the darkness. The man told us that he was a shaman, and that he had been summoned to help us. He said that the Wendigo was a vengeful spirit, and that we had disturbed its resting place. He performed a ritual to calm the spirit down and send it back to where it came from. The next morning, the guide told us that we were lucky to have survived the attack of the Wendigo. He said that we had to be careful when visiting ancient burial sites, as they were sacred places that should not be disturbed. I knew then that I would never forget this experience, and that I had witnessed something that few people ever get to see. It was back sometime in 2019, late in the year. One of my friends, whose name is Ted, saw something in the middle of the night. Tired and feeling fatigued, he woke up, rolling out of his bed to head to the bathroom and then the kitchen for a late-night snack. Whilst indulging in his snack, he began walking around his living room until he made his way to the back of the house window. It was on the second floor by the kitchen, to which, whilst staring outside at whatever, a sudden figure in his backyard caught his attention. The yard is huge, and nothing really in it aside from two trees one of which has since rotted and fallen down. He noticed a bit past the since-rotted tree was a figure with glowing reds, large snout, and standing at an approximate seven to eight feet tall from seeing the creature reared up on its legs and judging its size by how tall it appeared to be next to the tree. It also had jet-black fur as well as a muscular physique similar to Arnold back in the 80s, a long snout with very large perked ears similar to a German shepherd or wolf, and what looked to be antlers, or maybe that was just part of its long ears. He doesn't really know because it was very dark. The creature took a sniff and looked directly at him. As his eyes met the gaze of the creature's eyes, he noticed that the eyes were a shade of blood red, the same color mentioned before. He couldn't believe what he was seeing but also mentioned he'd seen so many weird things and such that he wasn't really phased by it in the slightest. He knew what he was looking at was the real deal and saw its breath in the cold night air. As the creature grunted and bared its teeth, it also started growling at him. The growl wasn't that of any normal animal, but a deep primal guttural growl, nothing like he's ever heard before. The creature then took one last gaze at him and ran off, jumping the fence. He shortly afterwards returned to his room, laying in his bed, wondering what did he really see. He found it hard to fall back to sleep, but late on luckily did. He still wonders to this day if the creature will ever return, or if he will ever see it again. This encounter was not far away from where I live, but is absolutely horrifying to think about because we live in the suburb. To this day, he still does not know what he really saw, and it can only be left up to whomever's imagination. <laughs>